Now, bless Anne, has been away, and his family too, uh, for about a month um, in India, uh, not just visiting family, but visiting churches, visiting friends, uh, encouraging believers uh, in that great nation. So having not seen him for some time, I feel it would be appropriate to give him a massive round of applause and say, welcome back, bless Anne. Look at the tans. <laughs> Hard work, you know. <laughs> Even night time, I was sunbathing. <laughs> Just to make you happy, you know. Uh, great to uh, be with you again. Uh, this morning, we are looking at the Psalm 129. It's a part of Song of Ascent series. Uh, we will be looking and uh, let's see how things go. So, uh, before that, I'd like to... Uh, ask uh, uh, Emily to read from the psalm. She will come forward and uh, uh, agree to help me in reading Psalm 129. Let's turn to Psalm 129 and uh, let's look at the scripture. Uh, They have greatly oppressed me from my youth. Let Israel say, they have greatly oppressed me from my youth, but they have not gained the victory over me. Plowmen have plowed my back and made their furrows long. But the Lord is righteous. He has cut me free from the cords of the wicked. May all who hate Zion be turned back in shame. May they be like grass on the roof, which withers before it can grow. With it the reaper cannot fill his hands, nor the one who gathers fill his arms. May those who pass by not say, the blessing of the Lord be upon you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. Thank you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come in your presence, God. Thank you for filling our hearts and minds with your glorious presence. And thank you for talking to us how much you love us. And thank you for showing us your death and your sacrifice and your resurrection. Uh, made us free to celebrate, to sing. There's no more condemnation. There's nothing to do to earn our salvation. God, you rescued us, God. We know all these things, God. We do read Bible, but sometimes we do completely forget the truth. And we do just turn our attention away from your truth, God. So this morning, as a church, as family, together, God, we are coming in your presence, God. We ask your Holy Spirit to come and fill our hearts to understand your love and your purpose and plan for you and for your kingdom, God. So come and even enable the children to understand. We ask your presence, God. Lord Jesus, help us to overcome all the distractions and uh, different thoughts, uh, uh, Lord Jesus, and uh, we want to focus to you, God. Thank you for doing that, God. We pray in your name, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. I was in India, as uh, Dan mentioned. Uh, there was a boy I was uh, talking in, in, in India. He's only 13, uh, maybe two boys. That's uh, from the same family. One is uh, 9 or 10 years old. The other one is 13 years old. Uh, I, I know them before because I've been to their village uh, and spent time with them. Uh, this time I did get time to talk to him a bit more. Um, Saturday, he uh, so usually Sunday service uh, is start only in the evening, like uh, around 4 o'clock till 6.30 because of some space issue. He, uh, he arrived on Saturday with his brother. I was thinking, where is your dad? Um, uh, no, my dad is not here, so he will come tomorrow. So uh, when did you start leaving uh, uh, this morning? Four o'clock in the morning, 
early morning, I start journey. Just you, nine-year-old and thirteen-year-old? Yes. How did you come? We walked to the train station. Then we catch a train. And we came to a place. Then we catch another bus. Then we walked again. Then we catch a rickshaw. And we reach here by eight o'clock. They start the process of coming to church four o'clock in the morning. Okay, that's fair enough. Sunday, okay, so after the service is finished by 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock, the train is only at 12 o'clock or 12.30, uh, no, no, 2 o'clock in the morning. That's the next train back. So what do, they, what do they do? They will go to the station and sleep from 12 o'clock till 2 o'clock in the train and reach home by 4 o'clock in the morning and go to school by 8 o'clock in the morning. I just sat there and just listened. What could I do, you know? Two little boys. And uh, if, you, if, you, if you look at one of the photos I posted on uh, church Facebook page, he's the, the, the shortest one. He'd been following Jesus for a couple of, uh, uh, you know, just uh, months. And I got the privilege of involving the baptism. And uh, now he learned to play guitar in one year time. Because of his height, he used a bed or, or some chair or something. He stood on the top of that and lead worship. All I'm saying, everywhere in this world, whether it's in England or India, people do go through tough times. Could be physical persecution, could be emotional persecution, could be financial struggles for him. The whole month wage might be, the whole, the dad might be getting only 10 quid because he's a tailor. Sorry. Okay, he's a, he's a tailor and uh, the amount of money he gets is very, very little. He needs to spend nearly 10 quid back and forth to come to the church. It's a hard work. When he's, he, he can use that money to buy some rice and vegetables and have a great fantastic time because when he was overwhelmed by the love of Jesus, they don't care about sleep. They don't care about the distance. They don't care about, about anything because they are loved by the everlasting love. That is the thing prompting them to get up in the morning and come all the way here. Just two little boys, nine and thirteen, all the way by their own, without their father on Saturday, to come and to learn about Jesus. We can be grumpy about our super fast Wi-Fi speed. (laughs) It's not working. We can be grumpy about the customer service we get from BT. We can be overwhelmed, irritated by the roadworks happening to make the road better. We can be really irritated by the quality or the way Teresa may handle the situation for the new nuclear project. We can be irritated by the amount of wheat involved in our morning toast. It's all right. It's also part of suffering. (laughs) Your reward will be greater in heaven. God, even though the amount of salt was less, I still kept my mouth shut because you are sovereign God. 
I'm not talking about, you don't need to go to India or Africa. You don't need to wait for a dramatic story to come up with, to, to exalt God. We do go through tough times. I'm just get, using an example, Wi-Fi, these kind of things, you know. But we do go through tough times. I was talking to a brother. I don't know, I'm not telling which country. A brother. Amazing guy. Love Jesus. I know him. Married. Amazing woman. Godly woman. But when I was having a chat with him, after hearing the story, I sat there and cried for 10 minutes. I don't know what to say. This guy loved Jesus. But the amount of stress, the unexpected behavior from the wife, married with dreams, love of Jesus and mission. He said, I don't know why. I don't know why this woman is in my life. I was thinking there, God, I don't have any words to comfort this man. But in the midst of that, he said, God, I need your grace to carry. Rather than just throwing this marriage, he was asking, can you pray for me? I don't want to just get rid of her. I need God's grace to love and to cherish because I know that this is a blessing from God. So suffering can come in different forms. Here, greatly have they afflicted me from my youth. Let Israel now say, greatly have they afflicted me from my youth. Yet they have not prevailed against me. So I can read the whole passage, uh, but I want to focus on a couple of main points and I want to move forward. The the powers, the, the plowers plowed upon my back. They made long their pharaohs. The Lord is righteous. He has cut the cords of the wicked. So the psalmist, we don't know who wrote this one, is talking about the suffering. Just he put the whole people involved or nations or kings or people involved. He put greatly have they. Who are they? It can be anyone. Couldn't be someone abused you. Could be someone wrote a negative letter about you. Could be someone gossiped in your life. Could be your wife. Could be your children. It could be your boss. Could be the financial stress you are suffering now because of someone else's ignorance. It could be physical persecution, literally. I was talking to one of the brothers in India. He said the moment in a village they came to know that he was a Christian. He is a Christian. They stopped giving him water from the shop. His daughter desperately need water. Then they need to move to another village, another place and just buying the water. The moment they know that you're a Christian, no water, no food. People have been kicked out from the school because they are Christians. People have been tortured and murdered because they spend time with the low caste people. Even William Carey, the father of modern missionary, 
a cobbler lived in this country when God called him to go to India, to Calcutta. His wife was utterly against that. She suffered from mental health issues. Grabbed his hair many times. Punched on his face. Did everything. At last she decided to go. In the midst of that, while he was there, children died because of many sickness. In India, if you touch a dead body, you are unclean like Jewish culture. So he needed to dig the grid, the grave for his son, for his own children. In the midst of that suffering, this man learned nearly more than 15 languages and translated the Bible into Indian languages. Oh my word. Because of that, because of that one man's suffering, in India, millions been blessed with some scripture. Now we are talking about one man's death and he died in our place. That's the reason why we are celebrating this morning. Jesus paid the price. He died for us. But in the midst of that, the challenge, the persecution can come in any forms or in any ways. Don't just think, oh, I need to wait to go to India or Africa to get some amazing, fantastic story. You just turn to your neighbor, the person next to you, they will tell you stories after stories after stories in the midst of persecution, in the midst of suffering, how God sustained them. Even Tom came forward and uh, just encouraged us. People felt ashamed of their situation. It's all right. The good news is, God is for you. Don't just think, I don't have a fantastic story like Blessing just said. My wife is a fantastic wife. Praise God, that's, that's a praise matter. Thank God. But if things go wrong, when things go wrong, that's the place the psalmist shouting, the Lord is righteous. The Lord is righteous. And these people, they have not prevailed. Persecution, disaster, disease, war, disability, accident, assault, terrorism. Now ISIS, before Al-Qaeda, abuse, broken marriage, singleness. In any forms, in any ways, we can be, we, we can face challenges in our life. But in all situations, one thing we can proclaim again and again, the Lord is righteous. Sometimes, blessing, we know these things. We know this scripture. I have read this many times. I have listened to the preaching many times. But sometimes, it's not working. When I face challenging circumstances, I don't have the ability to pray. I don't have the willingness to open the Bible and, sh- and, and cry out to God. Even I'm ashamed to call my brother. Would you please pray for me? I'm ashamed to share to my core group leader. I know that I'm suffering, I'm singing, I'm, I'm, I'm dying in my situation, but something is stopping me to proclaim the goodness of God. 
But here, the psalm is saying, the Lord is righteous. I feel like uh, I'm not going for the last moment for a response kind of things, you know. But when I'm preaching now, I feel like uh, God is setting some of you free to open and shout for help. Open your heart to shout for help. That's a breakthrough this morning God wants to do in your life. Like Tom shared, shame is creeping your, some of the lifestyle or some of the situations. Could be some of the persecution going through in your life. But if I share that one, what will they think? What will they do? But this moment here in Psalm is saying, they not prevail me because the Lord is righteous. The best way to respond to a circumstances is just to open your heart to God and pray to God. Open the scripture and read. Not only that, when you feel that, when you, when you, when you, when you face challenges, I can't overcome by my own strength. I need help. That's the time you text to someone. Do you have five minutes to spend time with me? Hey, call group leader, I know my marriage is fantastic outside, but we are suffering inside. Because God is righteous. This persecution or the warfare between two kingdoms didn't start yesterday or day before yesterday. Even from the beginning, we can see the clash between the affliction stories from the beginning. Cain and Abel, they were two brothers. There was a conflict there. There was a suffering story there. Israel's story. Israel was persecuted, but not forsaken. By Egyptian. By Philistines and Assyrians and Babylons. Even in Egypt, they were forced into slavery to make brick in the midst of that they cried to God and God heard their cry God responded to that so Israel will say I have stories after stories after stories of slavery brokenness rejection abuse torture war starvation even though we are the chosen people we are the cold people. We are from Abraham. We have forefathers. We have history of Jacob, Abraham, David. Lots of stories are there. In the midst of that, we are still facing challenges. They will say the same thing. Let's come to Jesus. He's the author and the finisher of life. Did he face challenges? Yes, he did. When he was in the agony in the garden... He was praying to God. If possible, Father, it is more than I can bear. But he shouted for help. One of the beautiful things I love over Jesus, before he goes to, to go to prayer, he talked to his disciples and said, Would you please watch over me? How many of you read that one? Can you keep an eye on me? I was overwhelmed by that word, you know. The Savior Jesus. He didn't use the God card and say, Hey guys, I can sort it out. Angels come and stroke me here. Hey, just watch over. This is just a scene. No, he said, Brothers, friends, 
This is beyond my ability to carry the sorrow. I'm going to pray. Only thing I'm asking you. You may not be able to set me free. But can you keep an eye on me? Just watch over me. So sharing your agony in the midst of persecution doesn't mean that. People are carrying you 24-7 and you are irresponsibly living in the midst of suffering. No. In the midst of struggle, turning to your friend, asking for help is a godly thing. If something is stopping you, that's not from God. This morning, God wants to set you free. Again, I want to come back. Shame, if shame is stopping you, asking or shouting for help, this morning, God wants to set you free. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness by his wounds. Wounds, we, you, you have been healed. That's in Isaiah chapter 53, chapter, uh, chapter, uh, 53 verse 3 to 5 also. He was despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our, our griefs, bore our griefs, carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken. Stimmed by God, stimmed by God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgression. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, as with his stripes we are healed. It's about Jesus. He's fairer than 10,000. It's the beauty of heaven. Angels adore him. He is the son of God, was broken, rejected, wounded, completely rejected by God for our salvation. He was going through suffering in the midst of that. He was, he knew that God, the father was in charge of his life. That's the breakthrough we need in our life. Romans chapter five, verse 19. For us, by the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. So by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. Why Jesus suffered for us? Why he went through suffering for our sins? But suffering was part of his package of God's plan. In one, one, one place, Bible says, he made perfect through suffering. How many of you read that one? He made perfect through suffering. That doesn't mean that he was not perfect in the beginning. Then through the suffering, through the process, God, Jesus became perfect. No, he was completely, fully perfect. But he proved his perfection through the suffering. For our sake. So that in all tough times, we have a savior. We have a redeemer who can totally, fully understand the suffering you are going through because Jesus went through suffering. Now I can turn to him, God, you can understand me because you went through suffering. Even any kind of struggle I'm facing, you can understand me. Such a relief. My wife loves 
my, my wife is a teacher. She really excited to see teachers because the story from schools are quite comforting for her. Especially when she feels struggle some of the areas, when other persons say, it is really struggling, she feels, oh yes, you can understand me. <laughs> yes, you can understand me because the language you speak, the methodology we use, some of the things we use are not working. I've been talking to my husband. He is not understanding. But you can understand. Because she can connect with a person from the same experience. But we have a fantastic, amazing savior. He didn't live million miles away and did some remote control business from there. He came down. Word became flesh. He lived among us. He walked like us. He ate like us. He spent time like us. He went through hardship and he suffered and died so that I can look up to him. Jesus, I'm going through temptation. Jesus said, I can understand that. So day or night... I don't need to put things under the carpet in the midst of struggling. I can tend to God because He is righteous and He can understand me. Rich will preach the remainder because the Hebrews bit. He won't be happy if I take some of his points. <laughs> Why do we face persecution? Why do we go through these kind of tough times? This psalm is about suffering, perseverance, and God's sovereignty because he is righteous. There are two reasons. The first is the fight between good and evil, or the the seed of the woman and the seed of the man. You know, it's just like the the beginning itself. There is a warfare between two kingdoms is involved. But the higher reason is... God permits. It's permitted by God. Yes, in his permission, these things are involved. The two main reasons for suffering is the fight between the two seeds, the flesh and the spirit. But how does that happen, you know? So why, why are we suffering? What's the reason we are going through this kind of suffering? The main reason God permits. Why God permits? For our perfection. It's good for us. Can you imagine? Do you want to see a, f- a soldier without training? No. It's an opportunity to demonstrate his glory. We ask a question. God, if you're loving, why are you allowing suffering in it? You can be nice to me. Yes, he's nice to us all the time. But the reason God is allowing suffering, in the midst of suffering, in the midst of painful circumstances also, He's proving that He is good, He is kind, He is righteous, He is always right. When people leave God, when good things are gone in their life, He shows His grace and His mercy to people. They love to follow Him. And when they sing, when they praise God, in the midst of suffering, you are good. Through that, the world will see following God is not about following a trouble-free, problem-free, everything 
goody life. No, following God is knowing that I was a sinner. I was completely crushed. Nothing was not able to save me from that pit of my life. But God, in His mercy, in His grace, He died for me. And He he did everything for me. Above all, I got Jesus. My life is secure in Him. So, this persecution is nothing. This sin is, this, this suffering is nothing. This loss of job is nothing when I'm comparing to the eternal glory I'm prepared for. This sickness is nothing. Yes, I like to be healed. Yes, God is the healer, but that is not the final point giving me satisfaction. My satisfaction is through knowing that I was failed in every way, but God rescue me. That's when, that's why in Luke chapter 10, when they came back and said, Jesus, they obey, they are doing, they, they did all these miracles and wonders. They said, yes, yes, I heard that, but rejoice because your name is written in the book of life. That's the main factor. Rejoice. So God permits suffering. But how do we respond in the midst of suffering? Do we wait for everything to calm down? Then sharing the gospel? Or do we wait for everything to settle? Then, now I'm retired. Let me go for a full-time ministry. Now... Children have gone out. Let me plant a church. Now I'm settled. Financially I'm safe now. What can I do for the kingdom of God? Do you have that kind of mindset? If that's the case, nothing wrong. But don't wait for the waves and the winds to come down to glorify God's kingdom and his place. Yes, we like to things to be calmed down, but how can we respond to circumstances in the midst of chaos? I was reading Luke chapter 13, verse 32. I love that passage, especially when Jesus is a bit cheeky, you know. Purposely irritate Pharisees. I love that. One of my best uh, loving stories uh, when he he when he healed the blind person, you know. The conversation, you know, just like a coming, going, uh, even at the, at the end of the conversation, this uh, little boy was asking, do you want to follow him also then? Why are you asking all these questions? You know, they were really irritated with him. Oh, I love that kind of scriptures, you know. One, one, one bit, okay, I'm just deviating from the, uh, from, from, uh, from the talk, you know. One, one other bit I really love is Jesus and his barbecue. Have you read that one? Oh my word. You never read that one. Jesus was resurrected. And all the disciples were scattered and they did their for business. Then Jesus came back. He didn't say that. I know you, Peter. You cheater. I know you. Where is John? Bring him here. All the three and a half years I spent with you. See? You just disappeared. That was a big mistake I made. Jesus didn't say that. He just there and he sat there. Especially in the Middle Eastern culture, they will sit like this. In India also. You don't like that. They would sit like this. In the sea say, Is any fish? <laughs> Let's start a barbecue. Yet there was a restoration there. There was healing process there. The, the way Jesus responded to backslidden 
community, called people, chosen people, all the training, they just wasted and just disappeared from his calling. Now, Jesus, come back. Rather than doing a discipleship training school, he just sat there, boys, do we have some barbecue? This is Jesus. Because he knows that the purpose, the reason I call these people is not yet finished. When we feel, I fail God. When we feel, I'm naked, jumped from the boat. When we feel, hiding and following Jesus. Jesus never, ever gave upon us. Not because we are superstars, because his plan and his purpose, his sovereignty, and he's always at work. And he loves us, not out of our performance, because he's called over our life. So he was pretty cool about the disciples, even though they were not that relaxed. So let's have some barbecue with Jesus. That's Jesus. In the midst of suffering, in the midst of shame, in the midst of rejection, the way Jesus responded, boys, do you have anything to eat? If you're struggling to come to the God's presence and feel, I'm dirty, I'm filthy, I failed. I'm supposed to do this ministry. I'm supposed to do this one, but I didn't do that one. I'm not supposed to marry this woman, but I did it. I spoiled everything. I did have lots of money, but I, I, use, I didn't use it for God's glory. Now I'm 30, now I'm 40, now I'm 50, now I'm 60, now I'm 70. I, I spent all my life running away from God. Now God doesn't need me. There are some young guys in the church, they will do the ministry. But for my case, I'm completely broken. My time is over. But this morning, God wants to talk to you. Nothing is impossible with God. For God, the time is not late. Only thing you need to do to tend to Him and respond to Him, God, I want to be used for your glory. That's all. He's available for you. He's not here to judge you. Luke chapter 13, verse 32. If you go to India, and when you preach, I'm not expecting you to do that one. When you, when you share a reference, you don't read it. The crowd will read you know that one? So that means you don't have to open the Bible, you just preach. I'm not going to do this one. This is England. Even I changed my style last night, you know, I did some practice. Luke chapter 13, verse 32. The context was, he was healing the sick in the synagogue, especially on a Shabbat day. On a Shabbat, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues and a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Indigent, uh, indi- 
indigent because Jesus had healed on the Shabbat. The, the synagogue ruler said to the people, oh, I love that bit. There are six days more work. So come and be healed on those days. Today is not working day. Today is holy day. Not on the Shabbat. What you're doing is really good. But not today. Don't be that smart. Today we have rules. How did Jesus respond to that circumstance? The Lord answered him, You hypocrites, doesn't each of you on the Shabbat untie his ox on, or the donkey from the stall and let it out, give, give it water? He's just uh, uh, sharing that one. Well, then part of that one, he's coming to verse 32. At that time, some Pharisees came to Jesus and said to him, Leave this place and go somewhere else. Herod wants to kill you. This is the continuation of the story I just read. Just one thing. He said, Jesus, we want to be nice to you. We want to be kind to you. For your sake, can you stop this one and escape? We don't want to carry your dead body. We are really nice to you. But how did Jesus respond in the midst of that persecution or threat? One of the things he did was, he replied, Go tell the fox. Spit harsh and rude. I will drive out demons and heal people today and tomorrow. And on the third day, I will reach my goal. In any case, I must keep going today and tomorrow and the next day for surely no prophet can die outside Jerusalem because nothing will happen outside God's plan. So I'm safe in his plan. Don't try to threaten me through suffering or circumstances because I'm safe in him. Jesus' security in God's plan was amazing. One of the ways you can respond to circumstances when you're crushed, when you're perplexed, when you're kicked out, when you're threatened, when you feel you are losing your faith in the midst of that, rise up and shout, God, you are good. God, you are righteous because outside God's plan, nothing will happen because I'm in His hands. That's why Jesus said, go and tell the folks, I will do my business because my Father is at work. You are not the one saying six days or seven days. God is the one appointing time and season. I will do what God called me to do. Do you have the boldness to say that one? The more you know God, you will get the boldness to communicate gospel. The more you know God, you won't be disappointed by the circumstances because you know that one. I pray for the sick person. I want this person to get healed, but nothing happened. God is the healer. I'm going to pray for 10 more people tomorrow. When you pray for a person to be raised from the dead, if nothing happens, because you're trusting God, you don't stop praying for another dead body to be risen. Don't do that every day. You need to be led. You need to have the permission. You need to have the faith. I'm not saying the faith. But when God feels you to share something to a person, 
And you don't see the result. Oh, wrong moment. Things didn't work. No, God is at work. God is at work. Not six days, seven days. Can you turn to the person and say, God is seven days at work? Can you say 24-7? 365 days. God is at work. Hallelujah. God is at work. God is at work in Sheffield. God is saving sinners. God is rescuing people. The number of people coming to Jesus is the highest in the history of mankind. The number of people coming from Muslim background to Jesus is the highest. Years back, it's only from two people group. Now, 80 plus people group. From 80 plus people group, history has never seen a conversion or transformation of Muslim people to Jesus. Why? God is at work. You can be irritated by Wi-Fi. In the midst of that, don't forget God is at work. Don't wait for an African moment. Don't wait for an Indian moment. God is at work in Sheffield. You know that in England, in the United Kingdom, the number of churches are increasing. How many of you know that one? In Europe, the number of people going to church is increasing. If you watch BBC, you can't see that one. If, you can't, if you're watching CNN, you can't see that one. But if you open the Bible and pray to God and get some stories from here and there, you will be excited to see that God is at work. Why? In the midst of ISIS, in the midst of refugee crisis, in the midst of terrorism, and in the midst of racism, in the midst of Hillary Clinton and the Trump. In the midst of Theresa May and David Cameron. Are you happy about that now? God is at work. The moment you take your eyes away from God, that's what devil wants you to do. That's, that's why in the Garden of Eden, you know, he said, oh, you can become like God, you know, don't just obey God, you know. Oh, the moment, God doesn't, devil doesn't want you to look at him, you know. He's he's quite happy with that one. Only thing he wants you to do, take your eyes away from God. The moment you take your eyes away from God, he knows that one, you will look to you. It's again me-centered. My life, my wife, my ministry, my money, my house, my car, everything is mine, you know. So how can I to increase my self-esteem? How can be a special person? Then you feel and you, you start struggling. You cannot, it's nothing called self-esteem. It won't sustain. Only thing sustain you is God esteem. That's from God. Because it's, your identity is in God. The moment you're taking your the eyes away from the truth, in the midst of suffering, What will happen? You will be crippled by the persecution. But in the midst of persecution, when you look up to God, yes, everything is lost. Job, you lost everything. Your wife is asking you to commit suicide. In the midst of that, he's saying, God, you are good. 
David is running for life. In between, he's saying, God is good. Oh, there is an arrow coming. Yes, they did everything to kill me, to crush me. But God is good. Because his plans never fail. So this morning, City Church, my family, my, my brothers and sisters, this is my encouragement. Look up your eyes and see the bigger picture. What God is doing through you, through church in the city of Sheffield. Because, like the psalmist says, the Lord is righteous. And he replied, go on, tell the folks, look, I will keep driving out. Because I'll keep sharing gospel. I'll keep praying. I'll keep seeing God because God is at work. There are loads of scriptures I can share, but let me move a bit forward. Romans chapter 11, verse 36. For for from him and through him and to him all him are all things. To him be the glory forever. This is all about God and his plan. Romans, Hebrews chapter 5 verse 9. Having been made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. This all happened through the suffering. It was not just a magic moment. Jesus being made perfect means learning obedience through suffering. This does not mean that he was once disobedient and then become obedient. It means that Jesus moved from untested obedience into the suffering and then through suffering into the tested proven obedience for our sake. God doesn't need to do that one. But now, for our sake and proving himself obedient through suffering was his that's the way he is being perfected for our sake. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 7. But we have this treasure in the jars of clay. To show that the surpassing power belongs to God, not to us. So how do we face this persecution? You know, one of the, one of the ways we, uh, I, I, I mentioned was in the midst of persecution, looking at the scripture and proclaiming what actually Bible says God is good, God's goodness. And second thing is uh, God gave his spirit in us. That's a gift. He's the comforter. He's the counselor. It's not just about speaking tongues. It's not just sharing about the word of knowledge or something, you know. This is not like a, it's not about something having a nice time at the time of worship. The spirit of God because God himself coming and living in us. What will happen when God lives in us as his spirit? We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 7 onwards. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Stuck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus. So that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 28 27 to 29. It's a, in, 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 Sorry, um, uh, uh, Romans chapter 8. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. 
God is doing everything, including the prayer thing. Holy Spirit is helping us. Sometimes you don't know what to pray. I told you about my, that brother I was talking in the, in the car about his marriage, you know. Lord, five to ten minutes. I don't know. I don't, I don't remember any word to comfort. I don't know what to say. Because I loved him. I loved him very much, you know. When I hear that, oh, my brother. I can't believe that. You love Jesus. You follow Jesus. I know that. You are a, you are a man. Love Jesus. What? How could this happen to you? But after 10 minutes, you know, I felt the Spirit was enabling me to pray. I was completely broken. I didn't know what to pray. Have you felt like that? God is for you. And the Bible says we are more than conquerors because of his work. What shall we say to these things? We are speaking to circumstances. What shall we say to these things? You name it. What are we going through? You just say, I'm going through this situation. You tend to say and say, what do we tend to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also will him graciously give us all these things? You know, He gave his son for us. He died for us. Who shall bring us any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. There's a long list there. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sword. For your sake we are being killed and all day long we are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. I can tell you one after another, one after another, loads of hundreds of scriptures from the, from the Bible talking about suffering and God's plan in the midst of that. Even if you forget anything, this morning, just remember, in the midst of persecution and suffering, whether it's physical or emotional, one of the ways we can respond is turning to his word, because his word is true. Second thing is relying on his spirit. Even to rely on to his spirit, we need God's grace. Revelation chapter 2 verse 10. Let me finish. Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison. That you may be tested. And for ten days you will have tribulation. Be faithful unto death. And I will give you the crown of life. Jesus said, you're going to be tested. May not be prison. Could be any circumstances. We are not expecting a trouble. But in the midst of all circumstances, there will be lots of troubles we need to face because we are God's children. Devil always hate us. But in the midst of that, that's the crazy thing, you know. Devil tried to do something to me to harm me. But the other side, God, when God 
turn that for good, you know. Oh, that's the irritating, frustrating moment for devil, you know. I did this to crush him. Wait a minute. No. God. This is not fair. I tried to destroy their marriage, but in the midst of that. That's Romans chapter. says, in all together, in all, everything works together for good. Because God is at work. Whatever the circumstances you are going through now. You can say, God, you are at work in me. In God's kingdom, there's nothing early or late. Everything happens in his time. Personally, you might be afflicted. As a church, we do go through different stages. As a city, we have been afflicted in many ways. As a nation, and the nations. But the Lord is righteous. He is victorious. He is sovereign. He is seven days at work. God is building his church. More people are coming to Jesus. More nations are coming to Jesus. God is building his kingdom. He is victorious. We are part of that family. We are redeemed by his blood. So don't look at yourself and don't try to bring your value within you. Look up to him. He decided to die for us. And his, our name is written in the book of life. So, as John, uh, a couple of weeks back, he shared, you know, heal the sick. That's Matthew chapter 10 verse 8. Heal the sick, raise the dead. Cleanse the upper, cast out demons, you receive without paying, give without pay. I think uh, 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 Sijo also heard the same thing on the, that time, you know, God was saying, while, while I was preparing, you know, just like suddenly say, so, yes, in the midst of suffering, in the midst of persecution, yes, you just heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out the demons, you receive without paying, give without pay. Turn to and say, let's do the job. Let's enjoy the kingdom. Suffering will be there. Persecution will be there. When you feel completely stuck, shout for help. You've got a fantastic family. You're not alone. Let individualism, let it go out from your lifestyle. Space is a good thing. But the moment God is stopping you, or something is stopping you, God is working in your life. Respond to that circumstances. So heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the upper, cast out demons. You received without paying. You give without pay. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for your presence, God. The stories after stories. People being crushed, persecuted. Greatly have they afflicted me from my youth. Greatly they have afflicted me. But they have not prevailed. Why? The Lord is righteous. I'm righteous this morning because God of your righteousness. Jesus your righteousness, your salvation, your life, 
You did everything. That's why this morning I can stand in your presence and shout again. Lord, I'm asking sorry for being grumpy about little things here and there. But I don't want to look to myself. I want to see the bigger picture, what he's doing through me, through church, in the city of Sheffield. You place me in this city not to get a job, get married, to buy a house and have a nice car and have some children. No, God, you place me in this city for your glory, for your kingdom, for your purpose, whether through job or without job, in the midst of sickness or whether through healing, whether through marriage or whether through singleness, God. God, ultimately, you created me, you placed me in this place for your glory, God. So I want to shine for your glory. Set me free, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and worship.